we're back for another episode of the Women on a Mission podcast. This is season three, episode eight, and I am joined with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Um, I've become quite fond of him in this short space of time. Um, we're going to be having my pastor joining us today. I'm very excited about this. Um, this recording is going to be entitled Being an Effective Christian with Pastor Ronson Small. So Pastor Ronson Small is a 34-year-old man. He's the son of Reverend Carmita Small and Evangelist Winston Small. Together, his wife, Reverend Lakeisha Small, now pastor the Welch Mahal New Testament Church of God, located in St. Thomas. Ronson has been a Christian from 2004, and indeed, to whom much is given, much is required. Ronson is a spoken word artist, songwriter, worship leader, and author of the book, Seven Steps to Being an Effective Christian. He's also a prophetic intercessor and a man mandated to preach the word of God. This former national athlete and scholarship recipient, head boy, male of the year, student and alumni of the Ellerslie Secondary School. He is a distributing supervisor at Chipmunks Food Limited. He is a national assistant youth director in the New Testament Church of God in Barbados, a holiness preacher, transformational teacher, and motivational speaker, and is known for his catchy prophetic phrases, which you might hear a lot of today. He may be small in name, but not in destiny. Tribe, help me welcome my dear pastor, Mr. Ronson Small. Hi. Hey, hey, blessings to each and every one of you. Looking forward to a phenomenal time. Amen. So we're going to get right into our Q&A. My first question to you is, what is your coming to God's story? My coming to God's story. I remember back in 2004, well, I was basically born in the church. My mom was pregnant with me. I was in the womb. I was coming to um, church from the time I was in the womb and I had no choice and also growing up that my, when my mom was pregnant with me they, my two, all the two brothers they were born under normal circumstances but people quote me as a miracle baby so going through all that I went through where uh, my mom was pregnant with me and a guy called from overseas and he said pastor put your hand on your stomach and he prayed and then he prayed something popped and my dad came out of the shower and said oh god they killed my child they rushed me to the hospital all these different things but at the end of the day god preserved me because i believe you can't kill purpose and i would not die before my time so with being born and knowing that story that miracle story it really motivated me and captured my attention and going to church and seeing um, the environment that of, of the denomination that I grew up in much more active and lively that um, caught attention to me. So one time during a revival service, um, we had a week of services, that was a phenomenal service. And when the other call was made, they asked me if I want to give my life to Christ. And I said, yes, I was back in 2004. And that was my story of coming to Christ so to God be the glory amen that's a powerful one and I even listening to you speak I could understand why I feel so connected to you because he tried to kill me from the womb mm. um, but like you said and I agree you cannot kill purpose you amen. can't kill purpose so question number two what inspired you to write your book what inspired me to write this book God had placed this vision upon my heart 
for a long time about knowing that I would become an author and knowing that I was going to write some books. And given I always had a way with words, from the time I was in the world, I had a way with words towards the females. I would tell them all type of things that, you know, <laughs> tell them what they hear, obviously as guys, to get what you want. Mm-hmm. So I always had that way with words. And I remember one of my English classes, the teacher was telling me, she said, if you take the same approach, to your academics in this English class that you did track and feel, you would be so much further in this class and you would pass. And you know, I took that work to her and I began to take work much more seriously. And this led to a series of me starting to take down notes and whether it was writing notes, then it became clear on my, my heart as I began to read a particular scripture that spoke about certain steps that God requires us believers to follow. Mm-hmm. And as I began to follow those steps, God said, this is exactly what I want the first book to be about. And, and when believers begin to follow these steps and they will begin to walk and fulfill their purpose and fulfill their destiny. So indeed, I am glad that I listened, I obeyed, and that led to the process of writing the book. We are thankful that you were obedient. Guys, you need to get the book. I got the book. I got deliverance. I got everything that comes with the book. It's a really phenomenal book. Um, very well written. Um, even by reading it, I can tell as somebody who has a way with words as well that it's something that you are passionate about. And there's something to be said, not just loving to write, but being anointed yes. to encourage God's people and to empower them because everybody can do it. Mm. And I remember, I want to share this with you because God just impressed it on my spirit. I was walking home a few days ago and I heard God say, there is a difference between motivation and empowerment. Mm. I was like, God, oh, where are you going with this? He said, motivation motivation gives you the drive, but empowerment gives you momentum. I was like, my God, from heaven. I ran straight. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yo, that was deep. And it really got me thinking because, you know, as as we see a lot, you know, a lot of people um, don't understand the difference between motivational speakers and pastors or they come, like, join the two together. Yeah. Um, but I believe that the significance between a pastor and a motivational speaker should be the empowerment. Amen. And yeah. that's it. That's just my two cents. So the third question is, what are the main points you wish to send to your readers as they read your book? I want um, the readers to realize and recognize that we are not perfect Christians, but um, we can follow a particular group of steps that's why I made it practical and I made it simple that you can follow these steps and begin to function and flow the way God ordained you to be. And everyone is not going to grow up in a Christian home. My mom is a pastor. My dad is an evangelist. My godmother is a Christian. My godfather was also a pastor. So he basically born in the fire. She would say, so you can't live in the smoke. So with that being said, I want the readers to understand that when they encounter challenges, that they can begin to, to seek God. They can begin to um, follow the practical steps of adding to their faith, virtue and love and different things that when they begin to function because they want believers to have a balanced Christian life mm-hmm. many believers, many times people only want to focus on the aspect of 
those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. But it also say bodily at the side profiteth little. So you don't want to be 250 pounds and you're overweight. Mm -hmm. But you, because that, then you're not going to live that effective life that you need to live. Because mm -hmm. if you don't take care of the body that God has given you, and you're going to die before your time, and then you're not going to fulfill your purpose that God has in store for you. Because if God said, I'm, um, I'm going to allow you to live for 70 years, and you refuse to take care of your body, you get overweight, and you die at age 45. Some people will say well, you die at the time you were supposed to die, but no, you died before your time, and you ended up living a life that was not to be um, an effective life. An mm -hmm. effective life does not mean a perfect life, mm -hmm. but it means a life where you make progress. It means a life that you fulfill purpose, mm -hmm. and you understand why you are here, and you understand the reason for, for um, living this lifestyle. People say Christianity is boring. Christianity is boring because that person does not have a revelation of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. He said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into him and they are safe. So he gives us safety. He also said, the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So when you get into God's presence, then the fullness of joy will come upon you. It's not about a denominational thing now, but slow songs or fast songs, but it's about getting around and in the environment that will bring about transformation. So what I want you to learn and capture from this book is that if you need healing when you read this book, you will get healing. If you need deliverance when you read this book, you'll get deliverance. If you need restoration, you'll get restoration. If you're single, it will help you. If you're married, the book also will help you. There's a variety of different things. One individual told me she was reading the book and she started to get really, really hot and she had to turn on the and she put down the book but it was the fair God coming through the book burning her to let her know well God wants to do something in your life <laughs> Amen The book is a very transformational one and even listening to you speak about being born into it for me mm -hmm. that wasn't it for me I didn't expect to be here you know, I often felt like a misfit in the world and then when mm -hmm. I came to crazy, it was still feeling like a misfit like I like people like me right. don't be so unfair for God, but here I am now sitting across from you and it's like this is exactly where I needed you to be, regardless of your family dynamics, regardless of what you had to go through, Shannon. It is here that I needed you mm. to be at this appointed time. So I just wanna encourage somebody, you know, you don't have to be born into it, you just have to be obedient. Amen. That's the word of God. Amen. Amen. How was the process of writing and publishing your book? The process of writing over a series of months, I just used to go with the laptop and say, babe, because I know at the end of the day I'm married and I said, have to give my wife the time that she requires. And at the same time, I still want to fulfill the purpose that God has given me. So I would sit down for two and three hours and I would just be writing and writing and I downloaded something called Grammarly that would help correct um, subject and verb agreement, spelling, and it was just going through and going through and just writing and I said, um, I understand because it was from Second Peter chapter 1 and verses 5 that speaks about adding to, to your faith. So giving all the things add to your faith, virtue one, knowledge two, self-control three, perseverance four, godliness five, brotherly kindness six, and um and kindness seven. So I would sit down and break down each of these and the Holy Spirit would download and impact revelation from them. While going through the editing and the publishing process, I recognized that I was writing like how I preach. And then they had to distinguish different that the audience that are reading necessarily is not that they're gonna gonna read it that way. So they, we had to do a lot of retraining, re a lot of different things. Not that the information was impertinent, mm -hmm. but we wanted to captivate 
the, that specific audience that in your local assembly that each, each member new convert can get a book and learn how to be an effective like many times books are written to target women or to target men or to target the older audience this can generally target all but specifically can reach new converts that understand when you know come to christ this is how it's going to help these steps will help you live an effective life so mm -hmm. going through that necessary process of editing and critiquing and cutting i understood that i have to dis, um, differentiate the difference between the author and the anointed preacher and, and find that balance and and work perspective i love that the word balance continues to come up because i was yeah. listening to you just now and i remember because i i love english just so you i love words i remember at large my english teacher said shannon what's happening you're starting to write the way that you just speak mm -hmm. and i used to just think so they go to take that and they come and know on my in my essays were curse words <laughs> yeah so <laughs> she was like no you have to nip this in the bud you're an excellent right. writer so you have to work on the way that you speak and mm. i took that to heart because i really valued her opinion she was one person that looked out for me and right. you know i decided to listen to her so you know, and uh, the reason I stopped speaking the way that I was speaking too is because people would be like, oh, you feel like you all that, you feel like you great, and all these different things. So I wanted to appease people mm -hmm. while dimming my light at the same time, but right. that's not what God wanted me to do. So thank you for sharing that, especially with the um the distinction between the preacher and the thing, because sometimes we get carried away with one aspect of right. our lives and how God wants to move in that aspect. Yeah. And yeah, you target audience. You target audience for sure. I believe that anybody could read this book like you said. Yeah. It's a very powerful book and I thank God that you were obedient. And now question number five. What advice would you give to someone who wants to write a book but doesn't know where to start? That's a very, very, very good question. And I believe you there there are a lot of different ways that you can learn information people think that because you're a preacher or you're author that you can't learn information from i want to say people that are secular mm -hmm. but you can learn from a variety of different avenues so you can attend conferences you can attend seminars you can go on the internet and find ways to better your craft and begin writing but i encourage you to begin to write you can sleep with a pen or a pet um a book close to your head and when the Lord drops that vision or that thought to you or that video idea, you write it down and you begin to flow from there. What movie directors usually do is that they start at the ending of a, the movie. So they already know how the movie is going to end. They start at the ending and they work their way all at the back. So many times people want to focus on the introduction and the power of the introduction. But God forbid one of those um, movie artists is to pass away or something will happen because they already know the ending, that hiccup does not stop the flow of the book or the flow of the, 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 the movie. Like so that. the same way you can start at how you want to see the book ending, how you, what, what the vision that you have. Um, my mom shared a story with me that this young man was given a homework assignment and the homework assignment, no one read the book, no one did anything. So the boy before he went to school, he opened and he looked at the, the ending of the book and the ending of the book said the man fled. And so when he got work, the teacher asked, what happened to the man? What did the man do? 
None of the children knew, but the last line said, the man fled. And because of that, the young boy passed and the rest failed. So I shared all of that to say that because of all that is happening, as you write, you're going, you may forget things, continue to jot down things in the night, continue to jot down things during the day and understand that the process is, is going to be tedious, it's going to be time consuming. You need to get in an environment that, is, that makes it easy or conducive for you to write. Go to the library, go to the beach, or go to some place that's quiet. If you're in an environment that is noisy and boisterous, when we're doing CXCs and different things, we see the sign. I used to blatantly disobey and keep a lot of noise while the people were doing their exams <laughs> as I was young and ignorant. But as I got older, I understood the importance of being silent and allowing them to flow. Mm -hmm. So, all of these are the steps that you can flow when you're writing. So, for every young author out there, don't let the um, those things stay in your your mind or on pages but begin to embrace them and take them to the world and beyond because there's a bright market out there and god has gifted you with that talent use it right so start the process amen 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 i hope you all are encouraged as encouraged as i am it reminded me of my process at the time i didn't have a laptop i literally wrote my book on my cell phone mm. And God will always tell me about my my tenacity, my right. perseverance to just do what he has called me to do. And he constantly tells me that he would always honor that. So I got a, a laptop. I was using my cousin's laptop um, in the midst of my writing. And I remember my friend, Janine, she said, Shannon, you know, this is something that you're doing for God. Mm. Don't expect the enemy to be pleased. Email what you have. To yeah. yourself and Correct. send it to me so that you will have it in more than one place and as sure as she said that right. a few months later the laptop mash up yeah and i was like yo if i didn't listen to her my head the heart you know all of these things was like little hurdles let me see if you can listen to me god is probably really like let me see if she can listen now yeah let me see if she can listen to me now so yeah, yeah just start with what you have right. and god will add to what when he sees that you are willing he will add to that also as you were speaking he started to speak to me about authority right author is in the word authority come on when you become an author you have legal rights over mm. your words yeah, yeah and your words your books will impart and empower you know we have all kinds of authors writing all kinds of books right. but if your book is driven by emotion or what you think you know and not mm -hmm. um impacted by the power of the holy spirit it's not gonna do what god wants it to do so that's why you have books that you know like i said initially like god said motivate you but they lack the power to right. propel you or Come give on. you that momentum so to keep that in mind don't write a book because oh you think that you can get enough money as an author the book will stand there your god don't do god don't play like that it will right. stay on the shelves or it will never be published as long as you are in alignment with what god is calling you to do mm. he will open doors pastor ronson could profess to this our books are now all over the world because Amen. we were obedient Amen. We were obedient, it. and it's key. not anything to boast or brag about. It's about obedience. Amen. When you make a spectacle of God, God will make a spectacle of you. Come on. As Amen. simple and as plain as that. So, a question number six: What does being an effective Christian mean to you? When I grew up, I would have grown up in a 
as I said, a Christian home and I grew up around a lot of elderly people. So I didn't see other young people passionate and on fire for God. And I wanted to see the God of the Bible manifest in my life. Mm. So that's why people say that I'm a no-nonsense or a Holy Ghost preacher because what I read in the Bible must become a reality. If God is a healer, I want to see God heal. If God is a deliverer, I want to see God deliver. If God is a redeemer, I want to see God redeem. If he's a restorer, I want to see him redore, restore. So whatever I read in the Bible, that is what I'm looking for as an effective Christian. Not someone that just comes to earth, but someone that is continually transformed. The Bible says we move from faith to faith, from glory to glory, right? So then if you stay at one level of faith, each has been given a measure of faith. God wants that you take that measure of faith and you begin to exercise it. So if you use the prime example of the, the, the guy that had that gift, that was a, a leader and he gave out the, the talents, the effective Christian would be the guy that multiplied the five and the guy that multiplied the two. But the guy that had the one and said that he was a hard master, he was not effective. An effective Christian, there were 10 virgins. Great to be a virgin, great to be pure. Five were foolish and five were wise. The five wise ones were the effective ones that kept their lamps trained with oil and they didn't take what the extra they had and give to other people. It's good that you tell people, don't go, don't you don't want to borrow Shannon's book or my book? Go and get your own book. That way you will have it because people just borrow your things and don't want to bring them back. Right. So you need to go and get your own to be that effective woman on a mission and to be that effective Christian. So if people get carried away, be like the five wise virgins have your lamp stream and that will also show you how to be that effective christian so that's what i look when i see the bible and i read about god being a healer and god being a restorer and a redeemer we begin to exemplify these things being effective as we continue go over the word balance having a balance in a all variety of areas number one need of a sinner is salvation after the believer comes to christ and they get salvation they need now to renew their mind mind transformation from mind transformation god gives them illumination from illumination they have empowerment and they begin to walk in the power of the holy spirit so the last thing is that jesus he went and he went into the temple and he came and he began to grow and he began to walk strong and for a few years we didn't see jesus and then we see him appear again at age 30 led by the spirit into the wilderness but he came out empowered it's one thing to be filled it's another thing to be empowered so after the filling god then will begin to empower you so that you can be effective christian so it's not just about speaking in tongues it's not just about laying hands but it's about having a well balanced life he said the words they speak to you they are spirit and their life so we need the spirit of god to guide us and the life of god to guide us that we will be saturated people are filled with the gifts of the spirit but they don't have the character the fruit of the spirit that don't mean they're effective they're just flowing from that gift but we need people that are saturated with all the gifts of the spirit yes but the fruit of the spirit as well as righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost and this would then begin to run over into their lives that when people look and they say the jesus that you have I want to have that Jesus. I heard my bishop said, even your dog got to know that you are saved. If you used to beat that dog, you used to be abusive and don't feed it. Dog and say, don't know what happened, but he went to church and he came home a different man. And now instead of howling, the dog could be 
tongue out and wagging and feel fussy because that life has been transformed. God wants that we be an effective church within the supermarket. I'm going to hear two guys saying went to church for over the year because of all that is happening with COVID. That is not living an effective Christian life. You need to be in an environment where you can grow, an environment that doesn't starve you, but an environment that pushes you to grow and to thrive so you break up your fallow ground and see God begin to work and operate in your life. The Bible says, if a man put his hand to the plow and turn back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. Many have turned back. So they have gone from being effective to no longer being fit. My hand is on the plow. Shannon's hand is on the plow. Mm-hmm. Everyone that listen, go want your hand to be on the plow so that you can be that effective Christian. With that being said, preaching power Glory be to God. in the name of Again, Jesus. Stirred up. <laughs> Y'all, y'all need to go to us for all the testament church of God or join us on Zoom. Amen. Whenever you hear Pastor Ronson's voice, it's always something to say, it's always impactful, it's always laced with the glory and the presence of God. I literally I feel like we could wrap this up right now (laughs) because God has God has shown up. Amen. Just like how Elijah called on fire from heaven. I felt like you just did that for us. So thank you for that, Pastor. Lastly, I want you to leave us with some encouragement. You know, COVID and the new variants and all these different things. People are dying before their time. All the gun violence, the abuse, the molestation, whatever. God lays on your heart. Just share with our listeners, please. Amen. I just want to encourage you guys, don't give up on God. God is able exceedingly. And you say, Pastor, I hear the scripture always being quoted. Mm-hmm. I've tried for a long time of this, of that. But God wants that you don't give up. Keep trying. Mm-hmm. Keep trusting. Mm-hmm. Now, many times people work in environments and they don't like the environment, but they still go to work because they want the money or they need the money. Many times people may be in, in a relationship, not necessarily abusive, but they are married to the person. And for the sake of the children, they stay around to so that the children does not grow in a dysfunctional, quote-unquote, family. There are times that you know you may not enjoy or like what you're going through but amidst all that is happening god said in the last day the report my spirit upon all flesh meaning you qualify for the outpouring of his spirit you are the one that god wants to raise up and obadiah speaks about upon mount zion there shall be deliverance god spoke about deliverance said after deliverance holiness will come and then after holiness he said they will possess their possessions so many have to go through their deliverance many have to walk in holiness and then they will begin to possess their possession a few verses down he said then saviors will come to the mountain god wants that you will become a savior for your family jesus is the ultimate savior but he wants that you will become a savior that if they are struggling financially that god will raise you up to cause your family to begin to prosper if they are struggling that there's a needing of a healing he could use you at that voice or that vessel and, and stay connected connect to your family allow your family to see the love of jesus in your heart mm-hmm. your family your, your people in your family their friends you one word can can transform their life you may even give them a smile and you see that smile bring about victory sent a voice note of me singing a dj nicholas song to an individual and he was tremendously blessed and his spirit was uplifted i didn't know that that was going to do it but that's what god takes that that, that song says i smile even when i go through whatever i go through i smile that smile can brighten someone's life and i know we got to wear the mask and these different things are happening and all of these attacks are happening but god will never leave you in office you connect to the right people get 
a prayer partner. Begin to read these books and, and read the word of God. And every day, I commit people to do 30 minutes. You have a whole 24 hours, you can give God at least 30 minutes. 10 minutes pray, 10 minutes worship, 10 minutes in the word. So you can start with the worship, prayer, two worship songs. You get into the presence of the Lord. You read the Bible and you begin to break down the word. Okay. And then you begin to thank God. And as you begin to do this, it will bring bring to bring about transformation. People say that it takes 21 days to create a habit. But over the next 21 days, begin to pray, begin to read, begin to fast, begin okay. to develop yeah. and cultivate your spirit mind so that God will get the glory at the end of the day and you will see a transformation. Scripture says in the close of this, let your light so shine before men. If people look and you are a dull Christian, there's no light. He said we are the light of the earth mm-hmm. and we are the salt of the world. So if the salt has lost its savior, so it means that when God looks at us, he sees us as salt and he wants that we will use that salt to bring about a transformation. When he looks, he will see the light that will bring now darkness. The darker the world, the greater the light. So things are in darkness. You and they will let our light so shine that before men that they will see our good works, what we do for Jesus, yes. what we do for other people and Glorify your Father, which is in heaven. I learned this song in Sunday school as it closed. J-O-Y, J-O-Y, this word surely means Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. Put wow. Jesus first, put yourself last. But pastor, I always put people before me and they let me know they hurt me. You can love people from a distance. You can bless people other way. You can heat coals of fire on people's head, but you're still blessing them even when they do things to hurt you. Right? So Jesus first, yourself last. And others in between. So I just wanted to share that with you. Don't give up on God. God is going to use you. God is going to transform your life. Keep holding to his unchanging hand. And don't give up on the brink of your miracle. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. That was powerful. Amen. So tell us, Pastor, we can find you and your book, your social media handles. Amen. So you can find me on social media, Facebook. Ronson Small, you can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram. <laughs> My Instagram name, I'm going to get it for you shortly. And you can find the book, Glory Be to God, Ronson 1988. So you can find that R O N S O N 1988. You'll see a lot of sermons on there, a lot of encouraging content. Glory be to God. You attend Welch Mahon, New Testament Church of God. Services usually on Sunday at 10 a.m. And we are on Wednesday nights via Zoom. You can always get that Zoom link to you. And we start at 8 p.m. Those are the ways you can reach me. You can get the book on Amazon.com. Seven Steps to Being an Effective Christian. You just take that in. We're on some small on Amazon. Those who have the Kindle app, you can sign up. You can buy it with one click. Download the book. I encourage you to go out there and get the book. You can find the information on these avenues. So God bless you. Thank you for having me. God has given you his grace to run this race. God has given you his strength to go the length. God has given you his peace that will never cease. God has given you unspeakable joy that the enemy can't destroy. Like an eagle, you will soar. Like a lion, you will roar. God is exalted. The devil is defeated and we have the victory. It doesn't matter how you feel. By his stripes, you are healed. You have heaven's aroma. Therefore, you cannot catch corona. God bless you. I'm excited about your future. I love you with the love of Christ. Have a phenomenal day in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Pastor, for passing through. You have truly blessed us. Amen. And Trey will be back for another episode of the Woman on a Mission podcast. I love you guys so much. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye.